Okay, good to see you in the house of the Lord this evening. And let's go to Acts chapter 9 to start with. Going to be looking at quite a few scriptures tonight. Going to do something a little different. People say I'm different at times, so don't have to answer that. Start at Acts chapter 9. <clears throat> and verse 31 verse 30 which when the brethren knew they brought him down to Caesarea of course it's talking about Paul or Saul sent him forth to Tarsus, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and were edified, walking in the fear of the Lord, and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, were multiplied. I want to look at that thought or idea tonight, were multiplied. So let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity and privilege that we have to assemble together. Thank you for your word and the instruction that it gives us, and help us to rightly divide thy truth tonight. And Father, I pray that you help us to understand the principle of multiplication when it comes to churches, and uh, that, you, we, you, that we better understand our purpose here at Lighthouse Baptist Church. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> now, it says the churches had rest. They were walk. They were edified. Of course, edified means to be built up. Speaks of growth. Speaks of maturity. Uh, they were walking to fear of the Lord. In other words, they were you know to fear means to give reverence to, uh, to give honor. Um, you know, I think the idea there is, and it is always with the fear of the Lord. You consider what the Lord wants over what anyone else wants or anything else wants in your life. That's really what it means to walk in fear of the Lord. The Lord gets preeminence because he's the most important. Um, you know, you think about it, Daniel feared God, and his fear of God caused him to say, I'm not going to eat your meat. I can't, I can't eat your meat. And, and really what he was saying is it's not required that I live, but it is required or it is right that I obey God so God got the deference in that situation in other words he, he deferred to God and that's really what it means to fear the Lord so these churches were walking in the fear of the Lord and then it says they were multiplied so we're talking about churches that uh, had some maturity you know they, they were maturing uh, in, in the things of the Lord now go to uh, Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, but I want, I want to think about, it, uh, you know, uh, principles of church planting or multiplication. Ephesians 5 and verses 23 and following says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church 
and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. You might say that, that the, the, the sanctify and the cleansing and washing by the water is edification. It's growth. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that it should be holy and without blemish, so that men ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. No man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, notice, even as the Lord the church. So the Bible says here that Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Again, the church is a body. It's his body. Now, a church is not an organization. It's an organism. It's a it's a living, breathing, vibrant body. It's not a country club where people come. You know, this is why people join churches and then leave them and with no thinking about, well, what's, what's it matter? You know, a lot of people have the idea, well, what's the matter if I just go there for a while and then just go somewhere else for a while? Or Do you do that with your husband and wife? Um, no, it's, it's not a country club where, you, where we get together to enjoy time with friends. Now, we may enjoy time with friends at church, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not the purpose of a church. Um, the church is a, again, it's a body. It's a living, breathing organism. And, and again, he says here, it is, you know, he is the savior of the body, so it refers to the church as a body. Uh, in, in many places, he refers to the church as a body. For example, Ephesians 1.22, again, hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 12.27, Paul wrote to the church courts and said, Ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. Uh, <clears throat> And, and then in Colossians 1, uh, 18 and 19, again, says he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that he might, all things he might have the preeminence. So the church is an organism. It's a living, breathing body. Now, Genesis tells us that every organism, every living, breathing body that God made, he commanded them to reproduce after their kind. We find that in Genesis chapter 1. You know, he made, he made the, 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 the fish in the sea, he made the fowls, he made the animals, and then he made man. And he said that everything was to reproduce after their kind. Um, that is the natural fruit of a healthy body is reproduction. And it's the same with the church. Now, we don't pre reproduce identical, but similar. You know, my children don't look identically like me. They're a combination of two of us. Yeah. Um, and you know when 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 one leaves a nest and 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 
they start their own, if you will, body where they're going to reproduce in their own home um, and their children will look something like the two of them. And, and, and think about it. Your home isn't going to be identical to the Hoyles and it's not going to be identical to the Welches, but it's going to be the similarities of those two. That's the way it works. And the same is true of churches. You know, again, every organism reproduces after their kind. That's why we say we support missionaries that are like-minded. We want them to start churches or bodies, bodies of Christ, like or similar to us. Now, they aren't going to be identical, but they're going to be similar. Uh, and and this, is, this is what a church is for. That's why we go out in visitation. Now, and that's what the Great Commission was given for. Go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. I'm going somewhere with all of this, so just hang on. Matthew chapter 28. <clears throat> I always have a motive for my madness, you know. But this is this is the this is the purpose for churches, which is not understood by many that today. But anyway, Matthew chapter twenty-eight, verse sixteen. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee unto a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. When they saw them him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, we call this, of course, the Great Commission. It's given five times in the New Testament, in all the Gospels and in the book of Acts. Acts 1.8. But this, this, this commission, if you will, was given to the disciples. They were the first church. They were the church at Jerusalem. They were they made they and of course there was 120 uh, names given in Acts chapter one verse eight, but they were the pastoral staff you might say of the first church, the church at Jerusalem. So it was given to them, and it's threefold. Of course, we understand this. They were to evangelize, you know, to give out the gospel. It says that go ye therefore verse 19 teach all nations. So they were teach all nations. You know, teaching them the, the doctrines of salvation. Uh, you know, that's what I did with the Dentons. I went down there, and for four weeks, I taught them what it means to have a relationship with God. You know, start, I started with Ten Commandments. You know, that's the Bible study, salvation Bible study booklet. I use that. Of course, that's what it does. It starts with the Ten Commandments and why we need a Savior. Why we're, why we... Why Christ died, you know, why we need a Savior, because we can't keep God's law. And, you know, really, those, some have relationships, some not, and so, and, you know, and then the sacrifice of Christ, fulfilling the Old Testament scriptures concerning God's sacrifice, and, and then a decision needs to be made. So, but anyway, that, so that's evangelized, and then, of course, they were taught, taught, told to baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, uh, and, and then to disciple them, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So 
So they, so they evangelized them. When they got saved, they were baptized. You know, and, of course, that pictures uh, salvation, that we you know, believe Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, and that also we are bearing our old life and resurrecting to a new life in Christ. We have a Lord, new Lord now. And, and then the discipleship part continues, and, and you know, that's a, a, a church being established and, and being edified. That's what church planning is. That's what, that's what we send missionaries for, uh, to go into other parts of the world. And, of course, that's what, uh, you know, church planning is here in the States, wherever you are. Uh, and so, so this is, this is the, the method that we use, uh, where to go now, and to be a witness. And it requires, now, when you think of it this way, as a church, as a body, See, it requires something from all of us. All of us. Um, <clears throat> go, to, go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And again, just like the parts of your body, not everyone in the body of Christ does the same thing. Your foot doesn't do the work of your hand. Okay, so not everybody in the body does the same thing, but it requires all of us. It requires participation. But it says, but she shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Again, this is the commission given to the, the church at Jerusalem. Ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost part of the earth. Now the word Witnesses here is the word from which we get our word martyr. Martyr. You know, martyr was somebody that gives up their life. Gives their life for the cause of Christ. And so what the Lord is saying is that we're, we're to be martyrs. Not necessarily we're going to go out and, and, and have ourselves put to death. But we need to be willing to die to our own ambitions and desires to see the church grow and multiply itself. It's a, it's a sacrifice. It requires a sacrifice of all, even of life itself. It requires giving of our best. Now, go to Acts chapter 13. <clears throat> Acts chapter 13. And this was pointed out when I was at the Bible conference in, back in April. Um, Robert Sargent, pastor out at uh, Bible Baptist Church in Oak Harbor, Washington State, they're sending a team a, uh, to the uh, South Pacific Islands. And he said, it, it's going to cost us. But well, he said it should. And notice, and he used this, this, this verses here. It says in verse Acts 13, 1, <coughs> there was in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I've called them. Now, understand 
when he's saying, you send, now send Barnabas and Saul, they're sending their best. They're sending their best. And in fact, I believe that Barnabas was the first pastor at Antioch. Go to chapter 11. Chapter 11. Uh, Verse 19. Now they which were scattered abroad upon a persecution that rose about Stephen traveled as far as Phineas and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. Some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which is in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. Much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. (coughs) Excuse me. So it seems here that that Barnabas, you know, the church at Jerusalem, heard about those going to Antioch and preaching the gospel. Actually, you know, why did these people go there? Well, there was persecution arose, and many of them driven out uh, of Jerusalem. And, and so uh, here you have Barnabas sent by the church at Jerusalem to Antioch. He gets there, and then he goes to Tarsus to get Saul, and those two stay there for, um, it says they assembled a whole year, they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And uh, so, <clears throat> so after a period of time, you know, they're there teaching, you know, pastoring the church, and then the, the Spirit says, you separate me, Saul and Barnabas. Or Barnabas and Saul, I guess is how it says. So <clears throat> they, it requires of us giving our best. And, uh, you know, we have to be willing to sacrifice. Now, uh, not everybody can go, obviously. Some have to support, stay in behind and support. Uh, and, but again, that's just as important as those who go. Otherwise, they can't go. You see, we have to be all on board and working together to make this function, just like every body part of your body has to be on board and working and doing its part to make your body function the way it's supposed to. And of course, you know, they, this was a, you know, Jerusalem was a mature church. You know, obviously we don't want, you know, Think about it. We don't want teenage girls giving birth to, to children uh, any more than we want new churches to giving birth to churches. But, but uh, they were edified. They were mature. Now, but notice something else here. You know, we saw in this instant where the pastors went, were sent out. Of course, that was a major undertaking. But in Acts chapter 8, we see 
not only was their pastor sent out, but we also see that there were other people that went out in Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. Uh, it says, And Saul was consenting unto his death, of course, Stephen's. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church that was at Jerusalem. They were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Now, if you notice in verse 1 it says that, of course, there's a persecution against the church at Jerusalem. They were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Except the apostles. So, in this instance, the pastors did not go, but the people did. And, of course, they went everywhere uh, preaching the gospel into uh, the regions about. Uh, uh, they began, of course, holding churches in other towns. Of course, we see that this, the fruit of all this is that there were churches multiplied. Churches were multiplied in other places throughout Judea, Galilee, Samaria, uh, and all these places, there were churches. Uh, and all these came from the church at Jerusalem. Now, what we also see here is the church, church also, church, the sending church called the pastor of the new church. Go to, again, go back to the Chapter 11, chapter 11, verse 19. Um, <clears throat> now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that rose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenix and Cyprus and Antioch. So these are, these are really from uh, those at Jerusalem who, were, who, who, were, who fled because of the persecution Again, it wasn't the pastoral staff, but they went everywhere preaching, and people were getting saved. And so, uh, in verse uh, uh, 19 or 20, it says, And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tithes these things came unto the ears of the church, which is at Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. And for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and much and faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas for the Tarsus to seek Saul. You know, so Barnabas gets there, and, and, and what I really think happened, you know, it doesn't necessarily say this, but Barnabas said, you know what, I need help. There's a multitude of people getting saved. Barnabas, and I believe what Barnabas said, I need help. I can't do this all by myself. And so he goes to Tarsus to get Saul. But the, the point I want to make here is the church at Jerusalem sent or called the pastor at Antioch. They sent them a pastor. Um, of course, we see this. <coughs> Paul, of course, Paul and Barnabas were sent out by the church at Jerusalem. And Paul told Titus in Titus chapter 1, that he was, to, he was to ordain or choose out elders in every city. 
So it was the authority of the trending, sending church, therefore, to choose the pastors for the new churches. You know, when we think about church planting, I was at a, I remember before we started here, we were at a church planting conference in uh, Denver, Pennsylvania. And this is one of the things they said. Uh, you know, of course, a church is to reproduce the new church. The church is to call the pastor of the new church, uh, or to provide the pastor of the new church. And the church adopts the constitution for the new church. I remember there was a man there that was involved in church planning, and uh, he knew a guy in uh, Canada who was in an area where there were some Mennonites. And so he, uh, he, started, he started his church. He sent out by a church to start a church. Well, they didn't have a constitution to start with. So he's about six months into having Bible studies and having starting to have services, and he has a, some Mennonites that are coming. He doesn't have any, because he doesn't have a constitution, he doesn't have a membership yet either. You see a problem starting? Mennonites are Arminian, and half of his group is Mennonite. He's got a potential problem because he doesn't have a constitution written down. Now, I believe the pattern in the scriptures is, you know, that the, the sending church would send, you know, just like two families send two individuals, have, are involved in two individuals getting married, oversight. That's the way it's supposed to be. Prevent a lot of problems. You know, if, 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 if all parents did that, I wonder what the divorce rate would be in America. Um, but anyway, as we think about that, Pastor Webb sent me this letter today. As we know, as you know, they are celebrating their 60th anniversary at Calvary Baptist Church uh, here in, coming up in August. And I'll just read this. It says, Dear Pastor Byler and Lighthouse Baptist Church, this September, 60 years ago, 1958, the Lord led Rudolph Hardy to start a church in the town of Carver, North Carolina, Calvary Missionary Baptist Church, later changed to Calvary Baptist Church. This August 24th to the 27th, we want to give glory to the God for the work that he has done over the years in our church and in our lives. A major part of that work was in September 2006 when Brian Green and Jason Byler families were sent out of Calvary to Rollsville to start another church of like faith and practice, Lighthouse Baptist Church. Calvary has continued to invest in Lighthouse Baptist Church by sending its pastors to LBC for two and a half years while LBC was without a pastor and by sending financial support. As we celebrate the 60 years of God's faithfulness to Calvary, we are also are asking him to strengthen our faith, our love to him, and our commitment to preaching and living by his word. We would like to have Lighthouse Baptist Church join us in this effort. We want to encourage your church, our missionaries, and future generations to be faithful to the Lord as he has been faithful to us. 
For this reason, we have planned the conference and invited Pastor Byler and other faithful men to preach and exalt the Lord with us. We're bringing in the families of these men to be with us. We want to have genuine fellowship. Therefore, we're not only having preaching sessions in the morning and evenings, but also events for all ages on Saturday. We want the people of Lighthouse Baptist Church to be as fully involved as possible. There'll be a ladies' meeting and luncheon on Friday and a catered meal on Sunday afternoon. Please look over the schedule that is included and plan to join us for all the activities that you possibly can. We covet your prayers and your participation in Christ, Pastor Gary Webb. And so with that in mind, I have printed out a schedule. You see, Calvary Baptist Church is like a mother to us. Now, when Andrew and Linda got married, they established their own home, but they still honor their parents. And, and, and so their home was going to be similar, but not exactly like us, because you know it's made up of one of us and one of somebody else. Um, but there's still a relationship there. And, 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 you know, if, 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 uh, uh, children grow up and honor and love their parents and their parents honor and respect them, parents won't interfere in their lives of their children, but their children will still when they when they when they want some advice, if they have a good relationship, where are they going to go? To their parents. You know, when I want when I want advice about something in the church, I don't go to Joel Osteen. <laughs> I don't care how popular he is. <laughs> Sorry. No, I go to Pastor Webb. Not just because I like him, he has become a good friend, but because he has an interest, an invested interest, just like a parent. Calvary Baptist has an invested interest in Lighthouse Baptist Church. Now, we are not exactly like them, and that's okay. We are our own church. But we are our own church. But at the same time, we need to honor them, and we do owe a debt of just a gratitude to them for what they have done here at Lighthouse Baptist Church. And, 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 and to me, the, the, biggest, the biggest way that we can repay that is not giving back to Calvary, but doing it somewhere else. In other words, passing it on, continuing it. And that's the purpose. You know, Calvary doesn't want, Calvary doesn't want anything from us. They don't want us to give them money or, you know, they don't want that. What they want us to do is to continue the preaching of the gospel that they have taught us and to continue to start churches as they did us. 
you know, as you think about this, <coughs> I was looking, trying to remember back, and I, I did find it. I have a cassette tape. I know that's a little bit dated, yeah. But it was September 6th, 2006. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and I remember it well. <coughs> September 6th, 2006. I'm pretty sure it was a Wednesday evening. But Calvary Baptist Church had a business meeting, and in that business meeting, uh, Pastor Webb preached from Acts chapter 13, but in that business meeting, uh, they set forth and voted to establish Lighthouse Baptist Church. Uh, they also set forth and voted on a constitution for Lighthouse Baptist Church. And they voted in the first members of Lighthouse Baptist Church. That was the Brian Green family and, and our family. We were the first members. And they voted, also voted in the first pastor of Lighthouse Baptist Church, and that was Brian Green. You know, all these things were done at that business meeting. And so when Lighthouse Baptist Church opened its doors, we had a pastor, we had a constitution, and we also had Sunday school teachers, a piano player. Well, we had an organ player, and we, we, we borrowed a piano player. <laughs> Jacqueline come over and played piano for a while for us. But, uh, uh, you know, we, we, ha we had nursery workers. You know, when Paul, when Paul and Barnabas, you know, the most effective, and I, and I think this is a biblical model for church planning is you go in teams. Um, and I think a good example of that is what Midcoast did in sending the teals. When they when they said when they you know prayed about it and decided to go to Carson City, Nevada, they presented to the church we want we want a family to go with the teals, not a pastor, a family. So somebody gave up their employment in Maine and moved to Nevada and got a job in Nevada, took up housing in Nevada just to help the Teals. Now, there were actually, I think, three volunteers to go, and they chose one. Um, but that is the biblical model, and I think that's part of the reason they're having such great success. I've been there and done this try-it-yourself deal. It's difficult. I can't imagine what the Shaws have been through in the 10 years of being in, I think it's 10 years, being in Greenland by themselves. But the Lord's given them grace. But now they have a, a co-worker to help them. Uh, so, so, you know, we, you know, Calvary again has asked us to have part in this conference um, and, you know, it's, it's not only their celebration, in a way, it's ours as well. And so I would encourage you, um, you know, to rejoice in what God has done, not only at Calvary, but here at Lighthouse Baptist Church, and they're setting forth Lighthouse Baptist Church, and to, un to, to better understand, you know, what Calvary means to us and what our purpose is as a church.
You know, our goal is not just to grow and grow and grow, but to start another church over here, another one over here, you know. That should be our goal. We should be working for growth in our church so that we can send out others to go do what we're doing, to go do what Calvary has, is doing. Um, so, you know, this is the purpose for church. It is to reproduce itself. Just not just together, together, Sundays and Wednesdays or Thursdays, excuse me. You know, it's to, it's to grow so that we can send or go, if the Lord asks. Now that takes faith. But that's what the Lord's commanded us to do. And we need to simply be faithful to do it. To do it. Uh, God has a purpose for our church. And that purpose is that we would not only grow, but that we would multiply ourselves as well. So might God help us to keep that purpose in mind and to work and fulfill and be willing to sacrifice to fulfill our part in what he has for us to do to see that go forward. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time in your word tonight. Thank you for the challenge he gives to us. Thank you, Father, for that we do have a divine purpose. Uh, I pray that you'd help us to understand that purpose and that you would be glorified, that we'd be willing to sacrifice of ourselves to see that purpose fulfilled. And Lord, so Lord, just pray that you would, our church would be edified, see growth, that you might be glorified. And we do pray in Jesus' name.